0: Hello members of the Resilient Catholics community, Dr. Peter here, very excited to be with you in week 34 of our journey together. This is the Interconnections Talk. Week 34, we are discussing Unburdening Our Exiles. Just a brief review of the importance of working where you are in your process, in your own journey not all of you may be ready for the unburdening of exiles. That's okay. In fact, estimate that probably 20 to 30% of you are maybe ready to unburden exiles all by yourself. I don't know for sure, but just from having conversations with many of you, it's a minority. I'm not expecting you to be ready today to unburden XLs on your own. Some people need months or years of time working with their protectors before they can even approach their XLs. So, That time is never wasted. Time working with our protectors is never wasted. It's a beautiful thing for you to be doing your inner work at the level that your parts need. It does not mean that you are, quote, behind, end quote, or, quote, slow, end quote, if you are working with your protectors. It's much more important that we be working with our parts that are in the most need of attention right now rather than trying to keep up with someone's expectations of how your IFS work should look. This week and next week, we're discussing unburdening parts, and then we're going to be moving on to polarizations. All of you will be able to engage in that section on polarizations even if you're not ready to work with your excels yet. So I just want to be clear that this week and next week, we'll still be working with unburdening. But if that's not really relevant to you, hang in there. By the time that we get to week 36, just two weeks from now, we will be back to working with polarizations, something that all of us can be doing. So let's go to a brief review of what we covered last week in final preparations for unburdening exiles. That's what we were looking at in week 33, final preparations for unburdening. The definition of a burden from Schwartz and Sweezy is that parts carry burdens, which are the extreme ideas and feeling states that accrue from a frightening or or shaming interactions or events in or on their bodies. Bonnie Weiss says that a burden is an extreme feeling, memory, energy, or belief about oneself or the world That a part is taken on as a result of childhood trauma a specific incident a relationship or other painful situation last week we talked about how burdens create imbalances within some managers get much more attention exiles don't parts are not getting what they need resources inside are not distributed equitably or fairly and some parts can be cut off from god Last week, we discussed how those burdens developed and we discussed the experience of exiles, those who have been banished, who are kept outside of conscious awareness by protectors. The exile with the burden is left in this perpetual experience of trauma, stuck in the trauma moment, dealing with all of the unresolved and unmetabolized intensity of the original experience so often the self and the managers are so disconnected from the Excel that they don't really understand the Excel's experience burdened exiles generally want to be seen heard known and understood they want to be loved burdened exiles want to be rescued from their desperate situations and so what we're doing is we're getting ready for that and today i'll be actually describing the process of unburdening this is good to know, even if you're not ready to unburden yet, to kind of know what we're, what we're approaching. So last week, we described the preparation for unburdening, the prerequisites, the things that you want to have in place before you unburden, good relationship with all the stakeholder parts. That's not just the exile, but all the managers and firefighters that protect or protect against that target burdened exile. You want that trust in the self among all those parts and in preparation for unburdening it's so important for you to be in self to be recollected unblended from your parts and that's so that your self is free to lead and guide your system the third thing is that you want the permission of all the protectors in the exile subsystem to go forward with the unburdening you want to make sure you've addressed all their concerns The fourth is that you've witnessed the target exile and listened to the story that it tells of its childhood pain and distress. We discussed that at length in week 31 on caring for exiles. Fifth, you want to have retrieved the exile to the present and to a safe place if that seemed like a good idea, like that's what the exile needed or wanted at the time. We discussed that at length in week 32 on retrieving exiles. And then also, sixth, you want to have some practice in connecting with both the exile and the concerned protector parts that are in that exile's subsystem. And then I'm going to add this one, seventh, that you should be checking in with your parts daily, that there be a regular space. And that's important for doing the post-unburdening follow-up work with the part that was burdened but is now free from that burden. So those seven things, all preparation for unburdening. And when you do this preparatory work and it's done well, so often the unburdening happens spontaneously without using any protocol. In my clinical work, I mentioned last week, that's how it generally happens. I'm, an, I'm actually not a huge fan of implementing the IFS protocol for unburdening because there could be a danger that a self-like manager part in my client or a manager part within me is trying to rush the process, is pushing prematurely for a part to be unburdened. Second, we as Catholics know that our Redeemer is not our innermost self, but is instead Jesus. And so my recommended approach is not to just go to the IFS protocol for unburdening. It's less direct, but it and it's less protocol driven. But I think it's safer. It's more open to the graces of God, more open to the action of our spiritual confidants, and so forth. It allows us to, to, to be open to that healing and let it take place when it's best. So today let's go into week 34 about unburdening exiles. For this, we are reviewing the self-therapy workbook by Bonnie Weiss, chapter 17, pages 107 to 112. The supplemental reading was in Jay Early's self-therapy book, pages 253 to 267. So now I'm going to talk about what the IFS protocol looks like for unburdening. First, we check in with exiles about their readiness to unburden. We also are checking in with the managers and the firefighters that protect those XLs. Are they really free from any agenda to unburden the XL? XLs are exquisitely sensitive to protector parts trying to force them to get better, protector parts trying to fix them, any protector with an agenda. XLs are super sensitive to that. And protector parts with an agenda to unburden XL cannot imitate the self well enough to replace the self. It just won't work. These are some questions you can ask the exile to assess her readiness to unburden or his readiness to unburden. One question is, quote, what would it be like for you to give up this burden? End quote. And another question, quote, do you want to release the burden that you've been carrying? End quote. Reluctance to unburdening. Now, A lot of times, parts will tell you they're not ready to unburden. I'm going to draw heavily from Bonnie Weiss's self-therapy workbook. This is pages 108, 109 for this section. And if a part, an exile or a protector, is reluctant about unburdening, there is always a reason. The part is never just being stubborn or difficult. We want to have lots of patience with parts. We also want to have humility. There is so much that we don't see, so much inside that we're not aware of. So, a lot of humility in working with this. If we get impatient, if we notice that we have an agenda, if we lose our calm or our compassion or our connectedness or especially our curiosity, if we, if we notice that we're, we're not genuinely interested in the part so much anymore, then we are blended with another part. So, let's cover the most common reasons why exiles may be reluctant to give up their burdens. So, there are six of them. One is, the first one is that the exile may be uncertain about unburdening, not really understanding what unburdening is. Just may need some more information. And so, to to work with this. We reconnect with the exile. We explain that the memories, feelings, the pain, the beliefs, and the confusions that the exile holds are all from the past. They're not happening now. They're from the past. And you can also help the exile to make the distinction between herself and the burden that she carries, emphasizing that it's okay to let go of the burden she won't lose her identity he won't lose his identity if he lets that burden go so that's the first one the exile may be uncertain about unburdening not really understanding what unburdening is second one the exile may be concerned about who he or she will become without the burden exiles can have deep concerns about what their identity will be like after unburdening. So, you can reassure the exile that no part will be left behind. The exile will not be left behind. You're not going to leave that exile behind. All parts are indispensable. All parts are good. And you can discuss with the exile what kind of role he or she would like to have after the unburdening. You can also remind the XL that you're going to be there. You as the innermost self are going to be there to help with that transition from being burdened to being unburdened. So that's the second one. The second common reason why XLs may be reluctant to unburden is that concern about who he or she will be without the burden. The third is that the XL may be afraid of letting go of the burden and we just inquire about that. What is the attachment there between the exile and her burden? What do you fear would happen if you let go of this burden? And you can let the part know that you can help with those fears. Jay Early gives an example of how an exile might carry a burden of making mother happy. This exile feels close to mother by being responsible for her well-being, and the exile fears that if he lets go of this burden, the connection with the mother will be lost. And what Jay Early says is in a case like this, you can reassure the exile that he can keep his connection with mother and that he also has a connection with you, the innermost self. That's the third one. The exile may be afraid of letting go of the burden. The fourth is that there might be a protector who doesn't want the exile's burden to be released. And when that happens, there's a reason we want to listen to that protector and we want to hear what that protector's fears are. We want to reassure the protector. For example, Jay Early describes a situation in which a protector might be afraid of an XL giving up a burden of worthlessness. Without that burden of worthlessness, there might be enough confidence in your system to go after all your goals, but this could lead to failure and disappointment just like it did when you were little. And the protector fears that that failure and disappointment would be catastrophic, that it would overwhelm you, that it would destabilize you, that it would incapacitate you. And so in a situation like this, you can explain to the protector that you are now an adult and you're no longer at the mercy of your parents and that you have adult capacities to manage whatever might result from you taking some risks. So that's the fourth reason why exiles might be reluctant to unburden. There might be a protector who doesn't want that exile's burden to be released. So the fifth one is that the exile might not feel ready to unburden, sensing that something else needs to happen first often what needs to happen first is for there to be more witnessing or maybe greater trust in the self or more connection with the self there might be a need to retrieve the XL to the present or some other preparatory work so we want to be in touch with that XL, figure out what's needed and make sure that we address each and every one of the issues to make sure they're adequately resolved There might be, like I said, a need to witness the XL's experience. There might be a need for you to do a do-over with the XL. That's where you as the innermost self get involved in the memory, get involved in the scene, giving the part, whatever that part needed during that difficult moment when something traumatic happened or there was an attachment injury or a relational wound for you as the self to intervene as that scene plays, and that can result in what's called a do-over. We don't want to force unburdening. We want parts to be really ready to unburden before we, uh, before we encourage unburdening. So that's the fifth one. The exile might not feel ready to unburden because something else needs to happen first. The sixth one is that the part might be willing to let go of the burden, but it's not willing to send the burden away completely yet. It might want to store the burden in a vault or a box with a lid or something like that just to see how it goes without having the burden right immediately present and burdening, right? So sometimes sending it off into the distance or permanently away, the part's not ready for that yet. And seventh, Parts may be ready to release only part of the burden or some of the burden. So you can give the exile permission to let go of some percentage of the burden, retaining some of the burden. Some parts might want to keep 10% of their burden. They're not ready yet to give it all up. And you can unburden that percentage of the burden and come back for the rest of the burden in a future session. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the unburdening process it can be difficult to do unburdening alone. I, re, I recommend spontaneous unburdening. Like I said before, you can invite unburdening in a gentle way. And the unburdening process assumes that the exile is ready to unburden, that all the protector parts in the subsystem around that exile are in, are in agreement with the unburdening. And just a reminder, it's very important to be recollected with your innermost self leading and guiding the experience. You might want to consider having a spiritual confidant present for the unburdening. We discuss spiritual confidants at length in weeks 28, 29, and 30. It's really important for the self to be present for the XL during the process of unburdening, even when there's a spiritual confidant present. You want to ask the XL where it carries the burden in or around his or her body. Be open to whatever sensory experience the exile has of the burden. The exile may give a visual description, may tell you that what the burden sounds like, or smells like, or feels like. See if you can get a body location from the exile. And examples of typical descriptions of burdens include, it's a heavy weight, like a yoke of iron across my shoulders, forcing me down. Or a black sticky substance like tar that covers my entire body or a hollowness in the center of my heart and emptiness, a void that sucks up all the life within me. Those are kind of descriptions of what burdens might feel like. And then you can ask the exile how it would like to release its burden. Now, the original IFS unburdening protocol you ask the, the, the XL if it would like to release the burden to one of the four elements, to be washed away by water, to be blown away by the wind, to be buried in the earth, to be burned up in the fire. I, I typically don't use those, um, but that's typical IFS. That's the original IFS protocol. Other options include sending the burden into the center of the sun, sending the burden down to the deepest depths of the ocean, or launching the burden out into the vast expanse of space, or throwing it down into the deepest reaches of hell. That actually is a pretty popular one for my clients. If a spiritual confidant is present, the exile may want to give the burden to the spiritual confidant and have the spiritual confidant dispose of the burden. lots of flexibility, many, many options in how exiles release their burdens. And the self can help the exile to create the optimal conditions for releasing the burden. Again, really important to be patient with this process. A lot of times people feel the burden leaving their bodies as it's released. And it may be helpful to suggest that the exile tell you when the unburdening is finished. I'm going to check in with your xl regularly during the unburdening process and after the burden is released the xl is free then to take on a new role in your system now there's space to take in positive qualities or positive feelings now that the burden is gone so unburdened parts often feel joy and playfulness and freedom and love expansiveness strength a deep sense of well-being or peace you can ask the unburdened part to invite in the qualities that would be helpful in the future. Let the part take in each quality separately and notice how it feels in the body. And you can check and see what the part wants to do now. I mean, the part may want to play or just be free. Some recently unburdened exiles may want to stay near you. Others may want to rest. Some recently unburdened exiles might be curious about how they will integrate with the rest of the parts in your system. It's really good to show appreciation then for all your parts about how they cooperated and collaborated in the process, especially the protectors who gave you as the innermost self the space you needed to work with your exile. Now, it's important to check in with the exile about what it needs in the next day or so and on an ongoing basis. Clinical experience indicates that it takes about 21 to 28 days to consolidate the revisions and the neural networks in our brains after unburdening. Thus, it's important to check in with your unburdened exile, at least daily, preferably twice per day, in your regular parts check-ins and in your parts sessions to reinforce the new connections in your embodied brain, those new neural pathways that support the integration of that exile into the rest of your system that support that unburdening. It's very important for the self to be checking in, at least daily, sometimes twice a day would be better, Because it's possible for a part to reclaim a burden, especially if that part starts to feel isolated or disconnected. Whenever a part reclaims a burden, whenever a part takes a burden back, there is an important reason for that. That can happen especially before the revised neural network is consolidated when that, before that consolidation is really locked in, it can be relatively easy for parts to slip back into old patterns, including reclaiming old burdens. There can be a kind of comfort in the familiarity of the dysfunction that the exile knows. And so protector parts who were threatened by the unburdening can also bring the burden back if they are not being tended to, if their concerns are not being addressed by your innermost self. All right, so in the experiential exercise that we're going to do on the other side of the break, we're going to work on optimizing conditions for unburdening. You are not going to see me put together and offer you a recording that is the IFS protocol for unburdening. I don't think that's a good idea. It should not be done with a non-responsive protocol. In other words, if I'm doing this on a recording, I can't be in touch with you about how that unburdening is going. It has to be really personal. You as the self with the proper support can unburden parts if you have enough self-energy, if you have that recollection. You can do that either on your own, and many people successfully unburden on their own, or with an IFS therapist. But yeah, I'm not going to give you the IFS unburdening protocol as an experiential exercise, because it's not prudent to do it that way. All right. So I will see you on the other side. Look forward to, to connecting with you in the experiential exercise. And it's time now for that brief discussion about the interconnections talk.